الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفاصلاجیم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters every year towards the last part of the academic year this is now barely 2 weeks roughly that is left of the academic year and then comes a very delicate time on the one hand madrasa will be closed so we are free but then together with being free from madrasa there are so many things that are tempting a person inviting a person distracting a person drawing a person in different directions and then people in general all are in a different mood in a completely different mindset and as a result many a person who is generally very conscious of deen a person who upholds the laws of shariat who is conscious of his salah conscious of staying away from haram conscious of fulfilling whatever allah taala wants from us and staying away from what allah taala has prohibited us from many such people also come the month of december come the so called holiday time and all those things that we had been doing diligently over the months of the year that just suddenly all just slips away A person gets caught up in so many things and before long all what was done throughout the year the month of ramadan had come so many things a person made mujahada in progressed mashallah then came zulhijjah in the first 10 days of zulhijjah and then came ashura and all the other general things that a person was doing and come december and it's like pouring water over everything because there's a different mindset that just goes across everybody in that time illa mashallah allah taala protect us but very few people get left untouched very small percentage comparatively very small percentage get left untouched otherwise some effect of the other takes everybody now this happens number one because of the environment that a person gets carried away by the environment the mindset is now also gone in that direction many a person feels it like it is if not farz then it is wajib and to some extent it is very very important and necessary that there must be a kind of holiday in this time and the holiday one is taking a break but the holiday is the 
that we're talking about is the concept that has become entrenched in many, many places, that it must be something that a person must go out, go to another country if possible, if that's affordable, go to some other place, some other venue, and must be in a certain manner that that holiday takes place, and then people save up for the whole year, all that savings are just squandered, that one whole year's saving is just squandered in a so-called holiday, and many people unfortunately end up even in debts. That concept which is foreign to the life of a Muslim, that this must happen in this manner, and in these kind of places, and then there is no consciousness of that, what is going to be the impact on my deen, that in such a time, when so many places are filled with every vice, and now because we are in a holiday mode, we have to be at a beach, we have to be in that mall, we have to be in that fair, we have to be on that in that venue, and whatever else, so what is this going to do to our iman, what is going to, how is going to impact on our deen, all these things are like far away from the mind. And as a result, what not happens, let alone the deen that gets harmed very, very seriously, how many people's dunya turns upside down because of the result of the vices that happened in the so-called holiday time. So in the weeks that have passed, we had been discussing some of the remedies that will help to save ourselves from the temptations. And one of the very important things was the aspect of death, remembering death, the consciousness of death. This is a very, very important ilaj, a remedy. And the muraqaba of death, meditating upon death, this is to be done very diligently in this time. Allah forbid some people come the holiday time, they don't even open the Quran Sharif. The tasbih that mashallah they were reading, that too gets kept away somewhere. Oh, it's never touched. Whereas all this should increase in times of uh, increased fitna. So now we need more protection. We need to secure ourselves more. When a person is in a place that is not dangerous, then sometimes he leaves his uh, car open also, nobody is bothered, he is not also too concerned because it's a very safe place. Many, many years back, I once had been the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala in Madinah Munawwara, so one local person, one alim, he was taking me somewhere for some work, so we stopped at some point and uh, jumped out of the car, and uh, when we jumped out, so I started locking the door, I didn't realize and notice that he had just jumped out and closed the door and now he is waiting for me, I'm, I'm busy because it was not remote controlled many years ago, so I had to press the button from inside and then hold that handle and lock the door. So now I was busy doing that and he noticed all that. So he started smiling and he said to me, this is not your South Africa, this is Medina Sharif, nobody is going to come and touch it here. So we leave it open and we go away, we want to and come back and everything is fine. So he laughingly told me, this is not your South Africa. Then in South Africa, you must keep closing and locking your doors. This is Medina Sharif. So the point is that in a place that is safe, then a person leaves his car open and goes also, he doesn't bother. 
but in a place that is dangerous. So now in South Africa, the situation is that the person, number one, that remote control that will be locked, then that alarm will definitely be on, but that too is not sufficient. They will have to have a tracker system, you will have to have some company monitoring it, and then on top of that nowadays people say they have two different tracking devices. Some say you must have two different tracking devices, because the chances are one will get mm, sniffed out, and they'll throw it away, so you've got the second one. Allah forbid people had two tracking devices, that too didn't help. Then now on top of that one person now is saying, look, i got all these tracking devices, i got a cut-off switch also. And then on top of the cut-off switch, he's got that some uh, mechanical or something, that some metal device, some steering lock or gear lock or whatever the case is. Now how many things, one after the other, one on top of the other. Why? Because of the danger. Now to the extent that the danger gets more severe, the danger gets higher, so the security arrangements are also accordingly raised. There's more security that is now in, put into place. Now, on, for our dunya, to look after our dunya, this is the way we look after it. That the greater the risk and the more dangerous, then the more arrangements we are making for the protection of the dunya. But on the other hand, our deen, come the December month, the risk gets higher and we become even more lax, rather than increasing the security arrangements for our Iman. Now, instead of putting more alarms, more protection, being more guarded, more cautious, you say, no, now we must stop all the protection, Nauzubillah. The person who is making tilawat the whole year, come the so-called holiday time, he stopped his tilawat, he said, holiday now. person who is maintaining his Islamic libas, his Islamic garb. Woman was dressing in very proper Islamic garb. Now they go on holiday. Then how are we going to go on holiday, parda and cloak and so now we took that protection out also. That external some degree of a barrier from sin that a person will feel embarrassed that now with this garb I can't go to a place now where there's all kinds of vice and so on. So that garb also, the clothing and that attire also becomes a means of protection to some degree. Allah forbid some people become so bold that it doesn't matter to them that they are dressed as Muslim, that they are identifiable as Muslim from their dress, but they still will be sitting in any kind of venue in the midst of all kinds of sin and vice and feeling, no, we are not involved in all this. Now that is really... On the one hand, mashallah, the, maintaining the garb is a good thing, but now that should have been having some kind of effect on a person's heart. That is not the way it should be. So in any case, that garb also now is being removed. That now we'll dress now in the way of the West, in that disgusting and shameless manner of the West. The people sometimes hear these words and these descriptions, and they say, but what's disgusting? What's shameless? That is, now a blind person, you say, watch out, there's something in front of you. you say, what's in front of me? I can't see anything in front of me. The person is blind, so how is he going to see? So likewise, Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ That it's the person who now persists in wrong and goes in that direction, it's not the eyes that become blind, the heart becomes blind.
Now when the heart becomes blind, the wrong cannot be seen as wrong. The shamelessness of the genes and top cannot be understood. That what's shameless in this? It's because the heart has become blind to the shamelessness. Can't see the shamelessness now. Like a blind person can't see that snake in front of him. Can't see that scorpion. Can't see that person walking towards him with a dagger. Cannot see that person aiming that gun towards him. He can't see it. So he's oblivious to the danger. And he says, no, everything is fine. The next thing is hit down and he doesn't even know what happened, where it came from. So likewise, when that heart has become blind, now the person can't see what the danger is, can't see the shamelessness, can't see all the wrongs, and everything seems fine now. All the abnormal seems normal. So the person says, but what's wrong? Everything is what's wrong. Now, the risk has become not one double, triple, it has become ten times more, hundred times more in the December month. And we take all the security measures and leave it one side. The tasbihat, one side. The tilawat, one side. Nauzubillah. The Islamic dressing, one side. The various things that we are means of protection for a Muslim. And a safeguard against the attacks of shaitan. Everything one side. We were in an environment of the madrasa. Obviously it's a deeny environment. There's Quran Sharif. There's some learning of surahs, du'as. There's talks of deen. There's some advice. We are seeing everybody in the garb of deen. We are in an environment which automatically makes you realize that you are in a place of deen. So that too is already a protection. Now the holiday time will be out of this secure environment of the madrasa. So already that is one protection that is less. Now we deliver that the home is a relatively safer environment provided we keep ourselves safe at home also. But compared to outside, the home is generally safer. But now the person wants to always be outdoors. Inside the house is too boring. And we can't be indoors all the time. So fine if a person is going outdoors in a way that doesn't contradict deen, doesn't trample the laws of deen, and doesn't put one's iman in danger, doesn't put one haya and akhlaq in general in danger, then there might be some leeway for it. But, what is our procedure, headlong into the most uh, risky environments, where the iman is going to be definitely affected, a person's yaqeen is going to be definitely affected, the person's haya is going to be definitely affected, so by the time that month of December passes, many a person's deen is now in ruins, and many a person's dunya is also in ruins. The marriages have broken, the children have become something else, somebody got caught up in some drugs, somebody got caught up in some other's vices, because they were so free in the month of December to do as they pleased, and they did what they wanted, and everybody had to enjoy it. People are going on long trips, overseas trips, all non-mahrams are together and what is going to be the end result of that is obvious everybody is in a holiday mood and now this cousin and that cousin and half a dozen of everybody else so what is going to be the effect of that and everybody is not concerned about even thinking about it because it will spoil the fun if you think about it too so now how can you spoil the fun but Allah forbid in the midst of all this so called fun if moth comes. Now this is the aspect that we have to build up. Now we are talking about, one is that instead of increasing the security, we actually start decreasing it. 
which is now really putting ourselves in danger. What we are supposed to be doing is increasing the security. So that Tilawat was carrying on the whole year, or before the holidays too, must carry on, and it must carry on more in the holidays. The Tasbihat and Zikr that we are making must carry on more. The Dua, we must spend more time in Dua. And now we need to add more security features. So like that car now, one thing after the other, and two tracking devices, and then that steering lock, and the gear lock, and one cut-off switch, and Allah knows best what else. And on top of that now, it might have an armed guard standing, looking after it too. So we need to add more security arrangements to protect our Iman. One of the very important security arrangements is this muraqaba of moth, this meditation of death. If we will make this a regular part of our life, daily part of our life, and especially these times, these holiday times, the beginning of the day is spend three minutes thinking about one's own death. Imagine it. Now sometimes a person starts planning some things. Plans, Allah forbid, starts planning haram, planning sin. Now somebody is planning to go to some place which is not the right place to go to. Allah forbid somebody is planning to go to a cinema, somebody is planning to go to a fair, somebody, you know what goes on in these places, what kind of environment is there. So now imagine yourself, now you're planning that, or you didn't plan it, or you, whatever it is, but imagine yourself, that now I'm gone, I went there, and now I'm seeming to be having a lot of fun, and I met some friends, and even some non-mahram friends, oh, long time, no see. So now we got into some kind of conversation, and Allah forbid somebody else has come now and they are now getting into whatever conversation with us. And that environment, what's all going on, there's probably some music is coming into our ears at that time too. And uh, what we see passing by us and all is obvious what kind of people, what kind of dressing, and how things are going to be happening. Suddenly in the midst of that, just for the sake of our imagination, Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us. Something happened, somebody threw something from a distance. Whatever, some heavy object, by mistake, or whatever, and it came flying towards us, and the next thing it hit us on the head, and there was moth. Now imagine it. Think about it. Do I want to be there? So now, can this not happen? Has it not happened? It happened. Allah forbid people went for their fun to some place, Suddenly something happened, there was a stampede, 20 people died. Somewhere something happened, somebody, some mad person came and he started opening fire there, 50 people died, 30 people died. How many incidents happen? How often? Sometimes some fire just broke out. And now that fire broke out and so many people got trapped. And Allah forbid how many people died in that. And these kind of things, every now and again there is a incident that we hear about. But unfortunately we don't take any ibrath. We don't take any lesson. So now to make ourselves take that lesson, every morning this should become part of our routine, part of our daily practice, part of our ma'mul. We sit down and imagine. And especially in the holiday times, we have programmed ourselves for many things. Imagine, while I'm there, suddenly moth comes. I want to do something. We know that's not the right thing to do. While I'm doing that, suddenly moth came. Now that is still carrying on. What I was watching is still running. But now when I'm going to follow the thud, 
somebody is going to hear it, that what happened, something happened, there's a sound, oh they're going to look for me for so long, this person, no sound, where is he, where is she, they're going to come looking, they're going to get no answer, then they're going to eventually break the door down, after knocking and shouting and nobody's answering, they're going to eventually break the door down, and when they will walk in, that is still playing, oh what a disgrace, what an embarrassment, and besides that, we went, left this dunya in this manner? La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to ever leave dunya in this manner. Allah Ta'ala save me and save all. So now we're thinking about it in that manner. So if I don't want to leave dunya in that manner, so I must not do that. Because death can come at any second. So, to now make this muraqaba of moth daily, to think about our own death in this manner, and inshallah, this will create a consciousness in our hearts. And we will have no regret if that death really came. Because we would have saved ourselves from all the wrong environments, saved ourselves from the wrong actions. And inshallah, when death comes, then like Hazrat Mu'az bin Jabal when he was about to pass away, it was now becoming clear that his time is now very limited and the signs are already now coming towards him. He addressed death. So to say he's talking to death now. Because it was obvious to him that now his time is ticking away. And he's saying, Marhaban bil maut. Marhaban bil maut. Welcome to death. He's welcoming death. And then he is addressing death. And he's saying to death that your coming is like the coming of a very special guest. A very noble guest. And the thing is that he then, he said that may that person never succeed. And he's just saying it as an expression who had to regret at the time of death. In other words, he lived his life in such a way, went to such places, or did such things now. Now that death has come, he's actually regretting that why death came now. He's not looking forward to it. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says, "Man ahabba liqa Allah, ahabba Allahu liqa'ahu. Man kariha liqa Allah, kariha Allahu liqa'ahu. The one who loves to meet Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala loves to meet him. The one who dislikes meeting Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala dislikes meeting him. So the Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she immediately said, now, to meet Allah Ta'ala, it will be the bridge of death has to be crossed. So she said to Rasulullah that we all dislike death, meaning we are not comfortable about the fact that we are going to have to suddenly one day go. Meaning that death, death is a kind of apprehension, some little uh, dislike meaning kind of fear, a kind of uneasiness. That's a natural feeling. Aisha radiallahu is Ummul Mu'mineen. But she was that personality who brought about so many good things for the Ummah by the questions that he asked. The deep understanding that she had. So she expressed this. That Kulluna Nakrahul Maut. We all have a certain apprehension, some little anxiety, uneasiness about death. So in other words now, if we are feeling uneasy, does it mean we are not happy to meet Allah Ta'ala? That is a serious matter. 
Nabi Islam said, no, not, that's not what he's being referred to. What he's being referred to is at the time of death. The person who loves to meet Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala loves to meet him. Now, at the time of death, what happens? The unseen starts opening out to a person. Now, when a good person is going, the angels that are coming to take his ruh, the angels of Rahmat, the glad tidings that they are bringing to him, all that starts opening out to him. And his heart yearns to now move ahead. So he loves to now go forward. So now when he is yearning and he loves to go forward, outwardly it might seem he is in some pain or whatever the case is, but his heart is fluttering in his heart, his, his uh, soul is fluttering in his heart to now leave and to go and meet Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala loves to meet him also. And the sinful person starts seeing the angels of azab, the angels of punishment and what they are coming with in their hands and that fire and those whoops of fire and whatever else. And now this person starts seeing it. person is now in extreme uh, horror. So he dislikes going ahead now. Allah Ta'ala dislikes meeting him. What does this mean? He has to go and account for himself. Meaning he's not going to receive any rahmat. He's not going to receive any kind of ease and comfort. So, Mu'az radiallahu is saying, that person who at that time now is regretting, he can't be successful. And then he further, he is addressing Allah ta'ala and talking to Allah ta'ala. And he's saying, Ya Allah, you know very well that I didn't want to live in dunya in order to dig canals and bring water through because that was a very big thing at that time. Somebody manages to dig out one canal and trench and bring the water close to his house. It was like a very big thing. And I didn't come for this. I didn't come to plant orchards in this dunya. I didn't want to stay here longer in dunya to plant orchards. A planting orchard is an example. That is what was for him. For us is all the things of dunya that we plan. So he says, I didn't come or I didn't want to stay longer here for all these things. What I wanted to stay longer for in dunya was that on the hot days I will fast. Can we imagine what our thinking is and what his thinking was? He says, I wanted to have a longer life so that I could undertake the difficulties for the sake of deen. And I could fast on the hot long days. And I would ride in the path of Allah Ta'ala. And I would attend the halaqat of dhikr. This is what I wanted to stay for. I didn't want to stay in dunya for the sake of planting orchards and enjoying dunya. Now, when he saw death, he saw what's waiting for him in akhirat. So whatever his aspirations were to stay in dunya at the time when he was well, that I be blessed with a longer life so that I can make more ibadat, worship Allah Ta'ala more, fast more on the long hot days, make longer nawafil at night, and be out in the path of Allah Ta'ala even more. But now when death started coming and staring him in the face, he saw what's the good that is waiting for him. He said, Marhaban bil maut. Welcome death. Death, welcome. You are most welcome. So this consciousness of death and this muraqaba of maut, this meditating upon death, this is what will build the consciousness. And when this consciousness of death has been built, has been developed in our hearts, has been strengthened, then, inshallah, we will be able to, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, 
avoid those temptations and repel those temptations. And we'll see others going here and there and doing this and that. But inshallah, that will not make us slip. We will remain firm and steadfast. So, this is something to do. Sometimes some people can't handle it. They get so, their heart starts beating too fast and they sometimes start feeling dizzy and so on because they can't handle the scene of death and they can't handle the thought of death. So they must think and contemplate about Jannat. What a beautiful place Jannat is and what great bounties Allah Ta'ala has kept in Jannat. It's beyond our imagination but we have some aspects that have been mentioned to us in the Quran Sharif, in the Hadith Sharif. So to that extent we will think about it. So now to get to Jannat, I need to have a good life and a good death. So now I must prepare for that. So that too will make us conscious of have, leading a correct life so that we pass away in a manner that is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala. We leave this dunya in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us. In this way, inshallah, we will attain the everlasting bounties of Jannat. But even before that, to the extent that we have life in this dunya, this consciousness of death will keep us on the right track, inshallah, and that will make this dunya, the life of dunya also, a place of peace for us, a place of happiness, because this happiness and peace is linked to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Without this obedience of Allah Ta'ala, we are not going to find this happiness anywhere else. All the comforts and luxuries of dunya will not be able to give us that contentment, that peace, that serenity, it won't come from anywhere else. So, this is what we need to make part of our routine, part of our ma'amulat, part of our program of the day, especially in this time of these holidays. And inshallah, we will see how this will help us tremendously. It must be done thoroughly, diligently. And sometimes we do something once, twice, and we say, oh, I can't see any difference. We have to do it regularly. And over a period of time, as it will strengthen, as it will become more firm within our hearts, then we will see how, mashallah, this will help us with the fuzzle of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq and save us from all the vices and all the problems that come in this time of the year. Allah ta'ala keep us steadfast on deen, keep our iman safe, keep our amal safe, keep our akhlaq, our haya, etc. Everything safe. Allah ta'ala save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan and save us from every calamity and hardship. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين